to to help drive converse, uh, conservation. And I think it'd be as simple as as a very light subsidy on on installing submeters. I, I think that would explode uh, as far as popularity for landlords. And and ultimately, it's in the benefit of the region to just drive down water use. This is the FM Evolution Podcast, brought to you by CGP Maintenance and Construction Services, bringing you trends, innovations, and advancement of the facility management universe. Welcome to the Evolution. Here's Sean Black. What's up, guys? Welcome to episode 26 of FM Evolution. I'm your host, Sean Black, and I'm so excited to be talking to Adam Bartman again today from Read Water. We had a ton of people asking, hey, what? tell us more about this water thing. What's the water monitoring all about? And more importantly, conservation came up time and time and again. So I wanted to go back. Okay, guys, let's expand on our conversation. Let's focus on water conservation. So that's what we're doing today. You don't want to miss this. So stay tuned. But before that, here's a word from our sponsor. CGP Maintenance and Construction Services Incorporated is not just a general contractor. They build, service, and maintain facilities while self-performing for some of the largest brands in the nation. With over 33 years in business, they've got what it takes to be the partner you deserve in today's fast-paced facility management marketplace. Learn more at cgpconstruction.com. What's up, guys? Sean Black at FM Evolution, and welcome to the show. Today, we're going to be sitting down with Adam Bartman from Reed Water again, and we're very excited because we're going to be talking about water conservation, which is a big deal in facility management, and uh, so I can't wait to get into it. Adam, welcome to the show. Not much. Been busy. How you been? <laughs> Doing great, man. I, I'm really glad you could join us on the show again. You know, we had a, a really good podcast with you. I was really impressed with what Reed was doing. And, uh, you know, we are based out of California. So California, you know, we, not as much as it used to be, but it's, I guarantee it's going to be an issue. Uh, we have drought issues here in California. And I know a lot of the other places around the country do as well. So water conservation is something that we touched on. And I really want to expand on that a little bit with you guys. Um, Cause you guys are really in your air experts in water at this point. Um, and so I want to kind of get your take on that for. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. Uh, California, you mentioned, and, and I've looked at sort of the, you know, top 10 uh, uh, most expensive per cubic meter per gallon, however you measure. And of course the drier States, uh, you know, Vegas, Nevada, California are the obvious, but it's peculiar because, Toronto uh, was actually way up there as far as cost. Um, not not really to say, you know, we're surrounded by Great Lakes, but uh, just general infrastructure costs are quite high here. So, you know, it, it definitely gives us even more uh, of a place here. So what an interesting perspective, because it's not so much about a drought issue for you guys. It's your infrastructure that's driving that up. And water conservation then becomes just as important. Yeah, very much. So I, I want to put part of it likely to just it being an older city. Uh, you know, I don't know if it was just poorly managed back in the day, but aside from water conservation, when you, you look around, you know, our roads, uh, particularly during the, the warm summer months, uh, water main replacement is, is very evident on every other street almost. 
uh, and, and the further you get into the downtown core, the more you see it. So, and, and you hear it on, you know, our local radio stations. Our, our infrastructure is weak. The city's also expanding at a, at a very rapid rate with, with these massive high-rise buildings. Uh, so you often hear that it's putting quite a strain uh, on our general infrastructure. So I think, you know, when you look at your, your water bill here, uh, they divide it into into sewer and into water. That's exactly but right. But obviously yeah. they're only measuring water into the building. I, I just think it's a way on paper to split the two. Uh, but yeah, our, our cost per cubic meter uh, has gone up about 7% a year. It's, uh, it's $4.11 Canadian um, right now, which, which is a lot. I mean, I, I'd say a, a typical family household probably uses, you know, 70 to a hundred dollars if they're a little more of an active user, especially if you have irrigation or anything like that. That's, That's incredible. Well, I'll tell you what, I, I have a, I have a pool at my house and tell you, it's about 200 bucks a month for me here. <laughs> oh so, yeah. I bet. I bet. I know it, it, it takes a lot of water, but uh, we need it out here for sure. So man, I want to talk to oh, yeah. what water conservation really means to read. You guys are, I know, big proponents of this, but I kind of wanted to get your take on it. Yeah, it's it's funny. So it, it kind of goes back to why the company is named Read. Uh, four years ago, when we started, uh, you know, our our journey, my original uh, mission, let's say, was was to give this one particular customer who owned a very large apartment building, uh, a way to understand water use. And, and so this building was interesting. It, it's, a, it's about a 16-story apartment building, but it had three wings. So it was quite a lot of units, somewhere in the 300-unit range. So it was like 300 households. And, and the interesting part was for about 10 years, I watched it exchange hands between three different owners and we sort of continued working there as their plumbers uh, at the time. Uh, and, and so, again, I, I watched three different managers struggle with water use. And, it, and, you know, they bought the building and they buy it with certain, uh, uh, you know, operating expenses, et cetera. And when they actually start to pay the bills and compare it to other buildings they have, this particular one was just destroying them uh, as far as the profitability. So you know, again, back to why it's called read. I, I wanted to give him some way to read information from suites. That was really the, the okay. you know, uh, that would be the perfect scenario. And, and it, it sort of remains to be the Holy grail of, of what we can <laughs> provide to building owners and landlords of existing buildings, granular information on per suite usage, uh, you know, as, as cost of sensors, uh, get cheaper, that that'll be more viable in the years to come. Uh, it, it's challenging to enter obviously occupied suites, older buildings, you have multiple entry points for water. So it, it's not as easy as electrical. You sort of saw this huge wave of electrical submetering uh, come by in a, in a sweep, but it was easy because, you know, even if the building was built in the fifties, you have one point of entry to the suite to the electrical panel and they basically just slap on a device and now you can see usage whereas water 
in an apartment, in an older apartment at least, you know, you may have four or six individual pipes that require a sensor. So it makes wow. it challenging. But the idea for us is is really to read, you know, no pun intended, the information from various sensors and, and make sense of it. Uh, obviously, you know, water usage is, is a big one and it's simply done with water meters, um, but it's become more and more important. It's certainly one of our three pillars of value that we, we provide to, to customers. What an awesome story, man. I actually did not know that about your name. <laughs> it makes complete sense, though, I would tell you that. <laughs> yeah, it so was, you know what, people, people a couple of years after we started sort of asked, so why, why read? And obviously we spun it, it's, it's a double E. Yep. Um, and and I, I almost had to think back. I didn't even really remember, but I've been asked a few times more recently, so it's kind of come back full. But uh, yeah, that that was that was the basis of this entire you know arrangement. So with that, I mean, and for you guys especially, what and what do you see in terms of product innovation and, and that will impact the water conservation for commercial business? Well, so again, the rising cost is starting to make landlords care about it more that that is certain yes, uh, i also motivator. think they've squeezed yeah i also think they've squeezed as much as physically possible out of your you know your traditional hvac systems boilers are incredibly efficient these systems are madly efficient there's been tons of incentives uh, for energy retrofits and so you know, most most decently run commercial buildings can only do so much from the few energy sources they're using. You know, gas electricity is primarily used up by your boiler plant. Yep. And and there was always sort of this ignored third system of a building. You know, whether it was control or or conservation or whatever the case was. Uh, but like I said, with the rising cost, I'm seeing people care more and more. Although I also noticed in the past 15 years that no one really pays attention to their water bill until they get a random invoice that's, you know, double their normal usage. Exactly. And, and without fail, I, I think I've had, must have had that conversation, you know, 50 times where uh, a landlord or whoever calls me and says, I don't understand my water bill is double than it was last year. What the heck's going on? And then obviously they're accounting for, for a slight increase uh, from the region, but I just find that people in their shoes take a single point in time, you know, for the sake of this conversation, call it January 1st. We do an audit or we send our plumbers or we do toilet retrofits and they do something at one given point in time and then for, you know, six months, 12 months, whatever it is, things are sort of benchmarked or normalized. And you, again, without fail, see time and time again, a slow creep up of water use until the point where, you know, an administrative staff might turn back to the landlord and say, hey, uh, for some reason, this building is, is starting to get uh, a little crazy uh, uh, on our expenses. And then they, they dig through you know, three, six, eight month old bills start to put it together. And honestly, looking at our water bills, I don't know if it's just here is like 
immediately very confusing when you're first looking at it. They they choose different dates of reading. And yeah. I don't know if they do it on purpose or what, but the, the bill's not easy to read. And I've literally had to ask for, you know, give me your last six water bills. I have to lay it out on a table and make sense of it all and divide it, you know, per hour, per suite, per person and, and see if it hits that sort of normal, call it half a cubic meter a day kind of number. Uh, and, you know, if it's 30, 40% higher then it's worth getting us in there uh, or getting a plumber in there to, uh, to see what it is. And it's often, you know, a toilet uh, mainly because it's a fixture that can leak as far as wasting water in the tank without it being really obvious to the naked eye because it just goes straight into the drain. Whereas a faucet, you know, it drips and, and they may complain about it, but it, it, the, the toilet almost every single time, we, especially when we put in our equipment and start to monitor, uh, I'd say 90% of the time it's related to, to toilet flapper malfunctions, silly things, but, you know, it running on times 20 households in a 300-unit building really starts to add up. So. I tell you what, I blame the metric system. <laughs> That does, yeah. <laughs> you know, wrap your head around cubic feet per square. I, I don't know. I think right. the, the volume thing where people try to figure out how many gallons they're actually using of water. What do you, what do you mean I use 20,000 gallons of water? That's, in, that's impossible. But, it, right. it, but it's totally possible right. and people do it all the time. I don't think they really understand like the, the sheer volume of water that we end up using. And then when they have huge spikes, yeah, it's like, it, that, it, that's impossible. Right. And it's, and it's wild to think, you know, you, you see a drippy faucet or the like kind of immediately small things to you, but when you start to multiply it out, it, it actually burns off a lot. Like we, for example, uh, industrial building, and it's like kind of a crappy building in, in, you know, the East end of town. And they had a running toilet, pretty, pretty decently running, but not like, overwhelming yeah uh we figured out and calculated it it was 700 bucks a month for literally nothing like down the drain (laughs) actually so that's yeah like it 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 really adds up especially in these buildings with so many units and it's just not feasible like back to the point in time it's not feasible for a building owner to spend that much time on it and and ask his super every two months to go through every single unit it, it, it number one it never happens it's just the reality of things true, but two, yeah. like you know they have they have a thousand other things on their plate so it kind of comes full circle to what me and many other companies try and do um is really just monitor it put something as far as recording onto an online dashboard or an app or whatever it is something easy to access where you can see in real time what's going on and and i think that goes a really long way it's we often say it's uh conservation through awareness when people know what's going on it's much easier to to resolve these issues well see that's interesting i was going to actually ask you what like some of the key factors or tips that are out there for commercial businesses for water conservation uh management and i guess being aware is just one way of you know, of understanding of being really aware of your usage and, and what's going on in your building. But you guys actually offer a really cool solution, even a mobile solution for that. So they can do that. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you so if you look at a traditional uh, uh, mid-rise, high-rise building, there's one point of entry to the property, and so it'd be pretty simple to connect to that meter and understand usage throughout the building. You can you see new builds nowadays that are implementing hot and cold meters per suite, uh, and and billing them for it. So not only are you now aware of usage, the residents, at least in a condo environment, are responsible for their usage. And and you know when you're responsible, the the usage drops significantly. Yeah, well no like, one wants to spend their own money. <laughs> so for sure. At, at least in, in Toronto, uh the way and in most, you know, major cities from, from what I've seen, uh the the units now, if they're metered uh, as far as electricity or or water or whatever the case, or I've even seen like uh, BTU metering, uh, which is very interesting, like on the on the fan coil heat pump units. When the residents are paying the bill, I would say usage is probably thirty percent less than normal. And you have to think if you're living in a condo that's unmetered, you open your faucet and you really don't care. And why would you? I mean, yeah. other than save the environment and and all that stuff, but let's be real, probably 95% of the public would just run their faucets and not care. I'm not paying for it anyways. It's buried into my rent or my... Unfortunately, that's, that's exactly case. right. Yeah, I think you're exactly right Completely. on that. Yeah. So again, it's, it's the awareness, responsibility. Where we're able to do that on a retrofit very easily uh, and when we're finding major reductions immediately is on these commercial or industrial strip plazas, like these you know, single story or two story uh, office type or retail, uh, those buildings are very easy to sub meter. So to put one meter per tenant and make them responsible for it. And often in a commercial lease, you can start billing them for energy in the middle of a lease. Residential leases, you know, you're paying X rent a month. A landlord couldn't just drop uh, a variable expense on them. And, and that's just, you know, they're protected by a tenant landlord act, but in the commercial sector, I, I think there's a ton that the region can do to, to help drive converse, uh, conservation. And I think it'd be as simple as, as a very light subsidy on, on installing submeters. I, I think that would explode uh, as far as popularity for landlords. And, and ultimately, it's in the benefit of the region to just drive down water use. So, I, you know, I, I could see some uh, incentive like that coming about. They, they have it for fixtures. And uh, in one of our regions here, just outside Toronto, they'll send a, a water auditing uh, a member to come to, let's say, an industrial building. Yeah. And if they, you know, 50% of your water's being used for manufacturing and it doesn't actually go into the sewer, uh, they'll give you a relief on that. I think it was up to 80%. So they're, they're sort of, you know, dabbling around it, but I think they should just full blown say any landlord that puts in a submeter in a commercial type lease, you get X off uh, a subsidized install or something. And, and I know, I, think, be that a win a, I think that's really smart. I, I think it's a, uh, Personal responsibility goes a long ways. Actually, you guys had a case study that I was reading uh, in, uh, was there, where is that at? Industrial Plaza at Manville Avenue. Are you familiar with that one? 
Yeah, and that was one of the ones that I was. That's the the seven hundred dollars a month toilet. Yeah, uh, that's among the one. Many okay. Other <laughs> yeah, so you guys reduced yeah. your bill from like fifty thousand to twenty five thousand a month because of the submetering that was going on there, right? And yeah, so look, I mean, impressive. For, for the landlord, for the landlord, it's it's net neutral in a commercial setting. The the tenants are going to pay for the water anyways, but. It's it's in in not only good faith, but it's in good practice to make the property energy efficient. So the landlord in that case wanted to submeter everyone, particularly because one tenant was arguing about the water supply uh, yeah. and the billings back. Uh, and so yeah, just like you said, we split it all up. One of them found that they were it was a manufacturing. Uh, they do like metal plating, and they were dumping immense amounts of water straight into the drain from old equipment. They didn't even realize Like it was quite Dang, a large yeah. facility. Um, and, and just like you said, it went from 50 K to 25. It was like a m- major difference. They're lucky they're not in California. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> for sure. For sure. For California sure. would get you for that. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. I mean now, now it's interesting in the industrial commercial settings, uh, like, more, you know, these large warehousing facilities, they do some irrigation. Um, and those are, are controlled by, there's a company Rainbird, uh, that does like irrigation control, but from the main water supply in the building out to the valves that are underground for the irrigation, yep, they had like a couple hundred feet of pipe that was below grade. And, wow. uh, you know, if, if that, brings a small pinhole or a leak at an elbow and and you probably see that more in California. I find that we do the warm states. Yeah. The warm states tend to run a lot of their plumbing outdoors at, at like low grades or in houses below the slab, uh, a little different than the infrastructure here. But when you have those leaks under slab, it's a hundred times worse because you have no idea what's going on. I just had a guest on that was with a software platform called Carrillo. Uh, and we were talking mm-hmm. about artificial intelligence and so I didn't know it's kind of a, you know, a, a, a curveball for you. But I, and we talked a little bit about the Alexas of the world. And I know you guys are working on with a bunch of different partners and with a open API for you and trying to in, doing mm-hmm. kind of integrations. What do you think about artificial intelligence and, and impacting plumbing? I mean, it's, it sounds, it, it's kind of everywhere at this point. And I know you guys are now using all the applications. Yeah, I love it. I my my only reluctancy with the term AI, I'm a I'm reluctant to use it because I think true machine learning AI is well at least machine learning is very sophisticated and, and yes. does exist. Obviously, true AI, you know, it doesn't really. I, I do think there's very sophisticated algorithms. Uh, you know, lines of code that'll do certain things based on certain things. You know, a lot of this, if this, then that. Yes. Um, which I, I think m- most softwares are, are really based on. So to be honest, I, I, in my general conversations, don't necessarily use AI. But yeah, the, the point of the question, uh, absolutely. I think it's important for us, and I'm sure a lot of other businesses, that they don't give customers a new job to do. And that to me is really the point of this AI or algorithms, right? You don't want to, the whole point of buying into something or when we, you know, purchase apps 
or, or whatever we're doing on our, on our phones, ultimately it's to make us more efficient yeah, and save make our, our life easier. Precisely. So if, if nobody ever uses our dashboard, at least when it comes to the water conservation side, then it's, it's kind of a good thing. Let, let, you know, the program behind the scenes monitor the water and only alert you if something's going on. And I'm sure it's similar with other applications. The more autonomy an app can provide, the more valuable it typically is until the user obviously needs to, to make an action. But I'm always trying to be conscious not to give a, a client a new thing to do. Like I knew, I know when I had uh, my other business, the plumbing business, I'd be approached by, you know, various software apps or whatever the case was. And, sure. and I had to think truly to myself, I sit down offline, not, not with this salesperson or anything and say, this is what my day typically looks like in the morning. I do X, Y, B, Y, whatever. And, and can I, implement this new, you know, little nugget of, of <laughs> path into my traditional day. Uh, and, and I find honestly that oftentimes is the make or break for me when I'm picking, yep. you know, from various things. So yeah, I think we yeah, all have to go down that path together, and, you know, and figure out if it's going to work for us or not. And like you said, it's going to work better for some people than, than others, but I definitely think the automation side of things and you guys are proof you know, that the technology is affecting every facet of our life and water conservation is no different. You know, you guys are providing one heck of a product for being able to monitor what's going on with their water and, and, and wrap their heads around the conservation side of things. There's so much going on. Do you guys find yourself, you know, educating your clients a lot? As it sounds like there's just a ton of information. I, I, I am generally an introvert. And this business has made me the opposite. <laughs> it's easy to talk about something that, that you know well. Yes. Uh, and, and I feel, as you just mentioned, that I spend the majority of my time educating the market. And, and I think a lot of companies are doing that because things move so quickly now that, you know, especially if you're sort of at the forefront of a particular industry or niche or, you know, whatever you're up to, you're going to end up spending the, the majority of your time educating the market. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's right. And I think that you guys, uh, obviously people want to find good partners that can help them because not, they're not going to become experts on water, but you guys are in water conservation and water management. They're going to depend on you uh, to, to help them with that. And so kind of, you know, kind of wrapping up here. I mean, so some of the things we covered for these guys is, one, obviously, we just talked about educating. And so getting, you know, getting a, a clear understanding of what water conservation looks like for them. Two, finding good partners like, like you guys to be able to help them implement different ways to save money and then finding the right technologies really to roll out to be able to monitor what's going on with their systems. And again, that, that's all about finding the right partners out there to do this. Yeah, the partnership integration is is massive. Uh, we touched on it a little bit last time yep. that it it was essentially the Amazon Google in the home market that really integrated everything and is making that move along very quickly now. I'm not really sure who that will be in the commercial market, but in in your sort of local regions, there are some major players that 
basically create the building automation, not really the HVAC like BAS system, but just the general automation of the building and, and how it's controlled by management or landlord, particularly the newer buildings. And if you can be one widget among their much larger platform, you're more likely to be integrated into a, into a larger building, especially a newer building. Yeah, I know. I agree with you. I think you gotta, you know, find your own path and, 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 you know, make the, make it work for you guys and and whatever that means, you know, and the partnerships are huge. The uh, one last thing before we go, I wanted to kind of figure out what, what do you guys think the future is for water conservation when it comes to read? Like, what are you guys working on? Simply more data, cheaper sensors. Uh, mm-hmm. As as time moves on, we all know that that generally speaking, sensors get cheaper. Uh, right now, water meters are quite expensive, and whether you make your own meter or you're using a meter or you're strapping a device to a meter, whatever you're doing, you basically still need the meter. Uh, and there's a bit of a foothold uh, with a few major companies that, that make that device. So, again, it, it comes down to the ability to extract more and more data from a building, uh, make it easier in, re- in real life, like on the front lines, not just on paper, right. you know, beautiful scenario, you know, money doesn't matter. <laughs> make it affordable and realistic and easy to implement more and more technology into buildings and make them more efficient. I I think there's a long way to go uh, with efficiency in general, uh, particularly with domestic water, given nothing has really changed in the last 80 years. Uh, And so there there should be a lot of value to extract from there, but I think there's value to extract from, from all sorts of aspects in the building environment in general. So it's, it's going to be exciting for sure. Uh, I mean, for us, I, I think it's just about co- connecting more and more sites to, to obtain more data and understand what a normal building looks like against another. It, you know, Nest uh, had a really interesting approach back in the day where they would look at, you know, when it's the power of, of a market. Once you have enough devices out there, you can start to you get the momentum, send reports yeah. to a customer. Well, you can start to send reports to a customer to say your neighbor's using less energy than you, yeah. right? And that and that's actually that. powerful. You it you is, get actually. that from Nest. It's, it's it's amazing, and and you can start to benchmark. And uh, you know, a building owner, uh, particularly apartment buildings, they'll have many buildings, and so they can compare somewhat one to the other. But if you can start to do that across a region or or across a you know a province or state you can really start to understand is my building operating as it should the same way. I don't know if you guys have this, you know, you get a walk score uh, or, or like a, a, an energy rating star uh, for equipment. Yep. I really think buildings, if, if they're not sort of already categorized in that, we'll get these sort of general, you know, how, how smart is this building? Yes. (laughs) I I think that'll be the future. I think so too. Uh, I, and I can't wait to see what happens with that, but it, great tips, man. Great tips from uh, Adam Bartman at Reed Water, man. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, everyone can find you at readwater.io. You guys are all over social media. 
think we just pretty much Google read water. You guys come up at this point, huh? Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, that's right. Readwater.io. Uh, they can reach me directly, Adam, at readwater.io. Happy to answer uh, any questions. There you go. Uh, be sure to reach out to these guys. Stay tuned. We're going to have a bunch of new episodes coming up. Um, you guys can connect with Rewater and with FM Evolution. Just get on the interweb and uh, you can check us out on YouTube. Uh, we're all over the place. Every place you can get a podcast, we're there. Adam Barman, thank you so much for joining us on our show. It was exciting to have you back on, man. Thank you so much. Great as always. All right, bye.